Part 5. On Friday, the four would come together again at the Eldritch's. Greg and Derek arrived at about 5 p.m. Aaron greeted them at the door. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, man? Hey, Aaron. You guys can go hang in the living room. I'll be done in a sec. Cool. Ouch! What? I just sat on something. Looks like a tape recorder. Huh. Interesting. Well, what's on it? Okay. Mr. Young seems captivated and fearful as well. What the fuck? These outsiders are becoming a bit troublesome, but I suppose the world must know sooner or later. My brother and his friends were having a social night in the basement. Upon just returning from an errand, I was told of a bizarre event which they had all experienced. Apparently, they had experienced noises from behind the cellar door, which would be shut tight one minute, and then slightly ajar the next, even after being shut again. Then, I'm told, the door swung wide open, revealing a toy horse, which was impossibly in the path of the opening door. Later, I was lost for words, as Mr. Young approached me and asked how I accomplished this feat. Realizing that he thought it was a hoax, and I believed that it was probably best this way, I acted quickly in my given part. I admitted that it was I, and to make myself even more believable, I made it seem as though I wanted to keep it a secret from the others. My only hope now is that Mr. Young does not realize the silliness of believing orchestrating such an elaborate hoax is possible, given that no one here is a trained illusionist. <laughs> what is this shit? Dude, keep it going. You believe this horse shit? I don't know, just press play again. Whatever, man. Though I do find the recent phenomenon intriguing, I don't share the same conviction that Zed does in revealing this to the others. I think the well-being of the human mind is a factor, and should also be preserved at all costs. With that said, I have noticed my old friend Mr. Logan beginning to suffer in mental functioning, and my new friend Mr. Young expressing a lot of concern with the recent occurrences. The study is important, and it should continue. First, I should protect the friendships and the minds of my friends. I don't feel like Mr. Young should have any reason to fear this house. The hard part, without a doubt, will be manufacturing a story that Mr. Young feels comfortable with. Mr. Logan seems more willing to accept it, but I should at least present it in a manner that he would find more appealing. The doctor called. He suggested that we gather for a discussion this time. I still have several more notes to put together, but it should make for some interesting insights as he's a very insightful person. Unfortunately, Lucinda will not be able to make it this time, but we should be able to get in touch with her later. Mr. Logan is not inaccurate when he says the experiences are similar to those in the book we've been reading. In fact, I have often wondered if it is not our close familiarity with it that has caused many of these phenomena. It could be that I find the book interesting only because it accurately depicts the ambiguous nature of reality, but I think it is more likely that the book itself is having an effect on reality. After all, my brother and I had what we call the Scary Book Day, which was when, after reading it nearly all day long, the environment itself took a likeness to that of the book. But then, I guess other people must read it without experiencing such things, so... Presently, I'm unclear as to what's happening. There was no reason to lie to Mr. Young. What the fuck? It would have been better to have simply told him the truth as you knew it. But that is intriguing how quick he was to presume you to be the cause, despite empirical contradictions. Indeed. It really-
really goes to show that seeing is not believing. You mentioned describing a subjectivity in this occurrence, Aaron. Could you explain further? This time, I was the one that had a different account than the others. Though, I think I'm better off with my experience than theirs. Zebulon was talking about Mr. Young telling him how the door swung open, revealing a toy horse. This is the part that's not coherent with the other stories. I had heard some noises coming from beyond the cellar door. Mr. Logan also insisted that the door had been shut and now it was slightly open. Maybe I hadn't paid enough attention to that. Now the door did swing wide open, but I didn't see a horse standing in the doorway. I didn't get a good look either, but I figured I would have seen something. Both Mr. Young and Mr. Logan insisted on it. I know the horse they were talking about. It's this antique horse of ours. But I just didn't see it. It would have been impossible for it to be there because it would have been in the path of a door. But you know, this really isn't even the best example. Tell about the incident with the doll. Oh, uh, yeah. This one involves Mr. Logan as well. Once again, he experienced a bizarre phenomenon and not me. Well, for the most part, anyway. So, except for the electrical malfunction and the noise, things seem normal enough to me. But obviously not for Mr. Logan. I see. I see. This is very interesting, indeed. This experience of his you described to me. It consists of things that normally cause fear in the perceiver. It's obvious, then, that there is something different these and other experiences. Now, since sensation is already in constant flux, there is a perception where the change takes place. Usually, perception remains relatively constant despite this flux, but it is in experiences such as yours where perception is in flux as well. It's a rupturing of context that which forces human minds to operate coherently. There is indeed a cause for this. It is the way in which we participate in the Wawa. You know the Wawa? Now it is an endless, effable cycle. It is when one becomes aware of the utter futile nature of it that he begins seeking out alternate realities. This is when the tryst forms. It is a mutual relationship in which each side seeks the other. But Mr. Logan strongly stated that he didn't want to have anything to do with these recent occurrences. That doesn't matter in the slightest. There is a deeper will at play inside us all that deals with those matters of which most people's states of mind are not aware. Or, stated another way, the wall has the property of inciting human special time and a compatible disposition a certain setback willingness in the subject. Since Mr. Logan has grown more afraid of the seller, I've begun to understand more fully the relationship that grows in the tryst. He's had an obvious sentiment for it, and now I see that the tryst is very personal. I almost knew that he would finally have intimate engagement with it. Because of this, I prepared Mr. Young for the experience the best I could. Going along with the hoax bit that he had established, I went to great lengths to make sure Mr. Young would feel comfortable. I constructed this frame, mimicking the window that Zeb had described, and made it slightly different so it could still feel like a credible gimmick. Just as I predicted, Mr. Logan had an experience. I hid in the bathroom waiting. I was a bit nervous, not sure if I could go through with it, but it worked perfectly. Mr. Young thought I was preparing for the hoax. Zeb brought them into the kitchen, and then Mr. Logan saw it. I don't believe Mr. Young could see it, which confused him a bit. 
I came out of the bathroom a few minutes later after hearing commotion in the kitchen. Mr. Logan's first words with me were very angry. He must have been so upset by the experience that he believed it to be a hoax. And that's when I was sure that he'd had a real experience. It wasn't my intention to hide it from him as it was with Mr. Young, so I tried to get him to explain his experience in full detail. And that made him realize that it was in fact not a hoax. He had a very hard time telling us the story. I tried to get him to tell me all the details so I could know everything and make it work for Mr. Young. I believe the first word he said to describe it was mirror. He said he was looking at a large mirror. I had expected something a little more similar to Zeb's experience, but all in all it was fairly the same. All three of these phenomenon had been squarish, sitting at the bottom of the stairs in a glass-like framing. But then Mr. Logan described it as a portal. I think he wasn't sure if it was a mirror or like a hole. But in any case, these portals seemed to be evolving in some way. The first was barely identifiable at all. The second, from what Zeb tells me, appeared to open up, becoming something more familiar, a window. Now, the wires, according to Mr. Logan, have apparently coiled into a more distinct form. I now have the burden of making this all coherent for Mr. Young, who thinks that I have the ability to create all this phenomenon. I've been amazed, however, how convenient this was for me. I almost feel like something was working with me to make it happen the right way. I mean, it was almost too perfect. This is fucking ridiculous. How do you mean? It's all just manipulation, Greg. You can't trust anything on here. We can't trust anything on here. I really don't know what to think. Fuck this. Let's go talk to them. Aaron! Zeb! Hey, assholes. What the fuck is this? All right, Aaron. Looks like the cat's out of the bag. Might as well come clean now. Ugh, damn it. Okay. I was just trying to do what I could to not, I don't know, lose my friends. That's all I've really cared about. Zeb's the only one that cares about this study. Zeb, you don't care what happens to them at all. I do care. That's why I've been telling you to be honest from the very beginning. Had you done that, you'd be even closer to them. We'd have been closer until they stopped talking to us because we live in a freaky house. This is fucking ridiculous. Aaron, just fucking answer one simple question. Was everything real or was it fake? I... I can't say. I refuse to be a part of this any longer. When the two of you can be honest with both of us, then maybe we can talk. So fuck you, fuck all of this, I'm out. Look, I don't really know what to think, and I'm definitely not saying I believe what was on the tape. Uh, But I'll try to keep an open mind for you guys. But you have to understand, Aaron, that what you did was profoundly fucked up. However good your intentions were. I do. You two are far from anything resembling professionals in this field. And while you may have brought in some help, and we'll come back to that voice on the tape, you have no fucking idea what the fuck you're doing. Of course we don't. How could we? We're doing the best we can. The best? We're trying. And what is this tryst thing? Well, basically, it seems that there are two seekers. We and it. Or... They. This other side is what requires the most questioning. Somehow, he says, we willingly submit to this relationship, though we may not know it, and a very intimate process then ensues. Here, each side seeks out the other, in a desire to discover alternate reality. And this may or may not be realized, and I'm not sure if the tryst actually depends on it. Look, I'm not saying I fully trust you two yet, but I do love you both. And I'm going to try to stay open to the possibility that you're not both fucking with me. 
Unfortunately though, I am Derek's ride and he's probably walking home right now, which means we're gonna have to pick this up later. Okay, thank you for keeping an open mind. I really am sorry I lied to both of you. Would it be better if I came along to talk to Derek myself? No, I've known him longer than you and he seems super heated right now. Don't worry about it, I'll talk to him, just forget about it for now. We'll figure it out later. Thanks, Greg. That next day, Aaron would place a call to Derek. It was later in the afternoon, and Aaron wanted to do his best to come together with his good friend. Hello, Derek here. Hey, Derek, it's Aaron. Hey, what's up? Look, man, I just wanted to apologize for everything. I'm really not wanting to talk about this unless you're willing to be honest with me. Well, why do you think I called? Are you sure you can be completely honest? I am. I hope you can find a way to have a little understanding here. I'm asking for your forgiveness for everything. You have to know, or I want you to know, that I only did this to preserve our friendship. And I care about that. And I don't want things to fall apart before I move. Of course I forgive you, Aaron. You're one of my best friends, and I'll always forgive you. I just wish you would have stopped lying to me a long time ago. Thanks, man. I should have just listened to Zeb and let things happen on their own. Instead, I chose to lie to you. I became obsessed with wanting to make you feel safe. So it was all real then? Yeah. Then it still is. There's nothing I can do to stop what happens here. Man, I'm not sure what to think. So much of this seems like a hoax. Especially that tape and that voice. What the hell was that? The voice? We told you, Bennett, remember? Oh shit, you'd already left. That was Bennett? Yeah, he wanted to remain anonymous, but we already told Greg, so whatever. That sounds really dumb. Who cares if you can hear his voice? It's not like anyone would recognize this random guy's voice on a recording no one is ever going to hear. I don't know why he chose to do that. It was really weird for me too. He had some sort of voice modulator, so even when we met with him, I never really heard his real voice. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, kind of. This is all still too tough for me to believe. Hey, and I'm not saying I even do. I'm surprised you still have the doubts that you do. How so? Well, take the night of the first portal. You believe that I'd be able to run all over the house carrying a big mirror without anyone hearing or seeing? So you're telling me the portal was real too? Everything was real, Derek. I can't tell you how I managed to replicate it so accurately. I tried to... What, What do you mean you can't tell me? I'm sorry, Derek, but there are some things I just can't tell you. What the fuck, man? I thought you said you'd be completely honest with me. I'm doing all that I can. This is such bullshit. You're not running some government-funded experiment. You saying that you can't tell me anything is just a fucking lie. I would tell you if it concerned you. Think about it this way. Would you ask about the intimate details between a husband and wife? Aaron, how is that even relevant? You and Greg aren't even dating. Look, I'm doing my best here, and I ask you to try to be understanding. And I'm doing my best. But I'm pretty tired of all these fucking games. I'm not trying to play games with you at all, Derek. And while we're on it, it was really you that gave me the idea to try to convince all of you that it wasn't real. How the hell do you figure that? Remember the night of the horse incident in the cellar? Yeah, of course. Well, after everything happened, you went upstairs after your socks got all wet, and you ran into Zeb. You accused him of being behind it, and it caught him off guard. But... Knowing some of the strange things that go on here, he figured he'd just ease your mind and fess up. Yeah. I remember. 
and his reaction was a little strange. So that's where all this started for you? Zeb told me about it that night, and I devised a way to make it all a hoax. Well, either way, this is all really fucked. I'm not sure what to think or believe, but I'll do my best to be understanding. Just try to keep the bullshit games to a minimum. I promise. Okay. Cool. Hey man, I gotta run. But I'm glad you called. Thanks for, you know, making an effort. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later. Later. The next weekend, the four would come together again, as had become custom by now. Greg would pick up Derek on his way to the Eldritches. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Fine, I guess. Been a little while since I've seen Aaron. Yeah. How are you feeling about everything? One hand, I really want to say fuck that guy. But on the other, if everything is exactly as he says it is, I feel kind of bad for them. Yeah, I know what you mean. I kind of feel the same. But I also feel that if everything has been real, I mean, we should consider ourselves pretty damn lucky to get to experience this. For sure. If it is real, I mean, this could be proof of an afterlife or another dimension or who the hell knows. I want to believe Aaron, but it's kind of hard to trust him at this point. I mean, I still love the guy, but how would you feel if you found out this was all he's doing? I'm not really sure. I mean, I'd have more reason to be mad than anyone, but I don't know if I would be. I think if anything, I'd just have more questions. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Grab your shit. Hey, welcome, welcome. Hey, what's up? Good to see your ugly mug. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, get in here. Can I get you two anything? Nah, I'm good. Uh, I'll have a Coke. Where's Zeb? Just upstairs. I'm sure he'll be down in any minute. So, what's up? Anything new happening in the world? I mean, not so much in mine, but there's been some things going on with my family. Your family? What do you mean? It's a little troubling, but something happened with my mom and Zeb, but separately. Here? No... And that's the most troubling part. My mother had a very strange occurrence at her school. So, it isn't just isolated to your house. Fuck. Things could be unrelated, but there's really no way to know. At least not yet. Well, go on. Tell us what happened. Well, she was in the middle of teaching her class, and according to her, she saw this light float through the window and, like, hover above the kids' heads or something. I don't know. None of the kids noticed it. And she's sure about what she saw. As far as I can tell, she's positive. But the thing that made it worse, though it made her feel better, is that the TA saw it too. TA? Teacher's assistant. Oh, right. Wow. That's, um... It's fucking crazy. Yeah. 
kind of strange that this seems to have a further reach than we thought. Yeah, and something weird happened to Zeb at my aunt's house. He woke up in the middle of the night and saw a door slam with no force pushing against it. He's also been hearing noises that no one else has been hearing. Fuck, I know that feeling. I'm just glad it hasn't spread to my place. You haven't experienced anything, have you? Not that I know of. At least nothing overt like any of what's happened here. I think we should all just relax about this for the time being. None of this has been malicious in its intent in any way. So, it'll be what it'll be. Let's just enjoy the night, have a few beers, play a few games. No reason to stress. That night would play out uneventfully for the four. It was good for all to be back together and enjoy a carefree night of brotherhood once more. It felt good. It felt like old times. Before they knew it, it was midnight, and they were all laying in bed in Zeb's room. Derek and Greg were on Zeb's top bunk. Zeb lay sleeping below them in his bed, and Aaron was fast asleep in a sleeping bag on the floor. Derek was having trouble sleeping on this night. Hey, Greg, are you asleep yet? Greg? Well, I'm not anymore. Oh, my bad, man. It's fine. What's up? I'm just having trouble getting to sleep. What's up? A lot on your mind? I guess... I don't know. Oh, poor baby. You need me to tuck you in? <laughs> okay, go fuck yourself. I'm fine. I'll put myself to sleep. Ah, you know I love you. I know, I know. Seriously, you doing okay? Yeah, man. It's all good. It's all good. Let's, um, let's just try to sleep. Each lay still, with the ceiling just a few short feet in front of their faces. There was absolute darkness. The moon was covered with thick clouds, allowing almost no light whatsoever to come through the window. Whether one's eyes were open or closed made no difference. Yet both Derek and Greg's eyes were open at this moment and both had their eyes set in the same direction. For before them, appearing out of nowhere on the ceiling, a sudden point of intense red light came to be, which suddenly made the difference between shut and open eyes very clear. Neither knew that the other was seeing this, as each remained silent, having been caught totally off guard. Now utter dread came over them as they watched this point grow in one direction, becoming an intense red line. What seemed fuzzy initially became a thing composed of tiny wriggling capillaries as their eyes adjusted to the invading radiance. The line continued to grow longer, as if the ceiling was splitting and revealing only a sliver of another world beyond. A brilliantly red world, it seemed. The line slowly began to widen until there was now a gap in the ceiling more than an inch across. Creating such radiance, one might mistake the room for one illuminated by the setting sun. Greg. And with that, as suddenly as this window into another world had appeared, it vanished. The room was once again consumed by darkness. Greg, I saw it. I guess... Maybe it's Aaron still fucking with us? Do you actually think that was him? I don't fucking know. What the fuck do we do? What is there to do? Did that even really just happen? We both just saw it. Of course it happened. Well, there's not much we can't do, right? 
Let's just try to go to sleep and, and we can talk about it in the morning. What the fuck? Hey, everybody, wake the fuck up. Ugh, what do you want? It's too early. Just go back to sleep. Fuck that. Greg and I need to talk to you about something. What? What does that even mean? Let's just fucking go downstairs and talk about it. <sighs> okay. What the fuck? Just trust. Okay, cool. All right, who wants coffee? Me. Me. Can you make mine Irish? Seriously? I mean, kinda. <laughs> okay, wow. Rough night, huh? Go ahead and give me a splash too. I think I need it. <laughs> okay. Aaron? I mean, I guess we should all join the party. All right, four orders. Irish coffee, coming right up. All right, guys, what the hell happened last night? Well, to put it as simply as possible, a fucking door to another world opened up in your ceiling last night. What? Like, what does that even mean? It means exactly what he said. A beam of red light shot across your ceiling last night, and it started to slowly split and open your ceiling into what looked like another world or dimension or I don't fucking know. <sighs> and we slept through all that? Well... It was completely quiet when it happened. Almost. There was like a low hum or something. Yeah, I kind of remember that too. Yeah, so then what happened? Well, it took a little while to form and open up, but when it started to widen, we could see into this other world. I said Greg's name to see if he was seeing all of this, and as soon as I spoke, it disappeared. I mean, that's, that's exactly how it happened. What the fuck? I can't believe we missed all that. I can't believe we saw it. God, I'm not really sure what to make of this. You know, maybe we're not actually supposed to make anything of this. How do you mean? You know, I don't think this was meant for us. I think it was very clearly meant for Greg and Derek. Well, I'm not sure what we were supposed to take from it. You know, that's okay. You don't have to know. It wasn't a bad experience, was it? Well, I was kind of terrified. But that's probably because you just didn't know how to take it. Uh, maybe. <coughs> Did I make it too strong for you? No. No, it's good. <clears throat> I'm still very unsettled. I feel like I can't calm down. Maybe just whiskey's better for you but just sip it, man. <laughs> Thanks, Seb. Man, I want to get out of here. I'm not upset or anything. I'm just a little shaken, I guess. <laughs> Greg, that's, that's understandable, but, you know, just try not to stress about it. It's really just a conversation, you know? The tryst is just a meeting place to talk. I get that. It's just tough to be here. 
when this is the spot that it always happens at. I'm sure it is after something like that. But at least you both shared the experience. You're right. It is light years better than when I was suffering through all this shit alone. (laughs) Gee, thanks. Come on, dude. Can you imagine if you had seen this alone last night, if I hadn't seen it? We're lucky we're in this together. You're right. I apologize. It's all good, man. Let's just get out of here. I need some air. Yeah, that's cool. Let me just grab my bag. You do what you need to do. I understand as well as any how hard this can be. Thanks, Aaron. We're all here for you if you need anything at all. Thanks, Seb. I I really appreciate it. Can you tell Derek when he comes back I'm in the car waiting? No problem, man. We'll see you soon. We'll see you guys later. Sounds good. Did you get everything? Yeah, man. Good hang. Even with all that happened. Are you good? Yeah. Just have a strange feeling about all this. Yeah, man. I think we all do. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. See you later. For the rest of the day, Derek couldn't shake the feeling that he'd missed something. After Greg dropped him off, he headed to his room and immediately called Aaron. Hello? Hey, it's Derek. I know it's you. Don't you think I know your voice? Well, I just hate when people call and say, hey, it's me. (laughs) Okay. So, what's up? You know that feeling I couldn't shake? Well, I figured out what it was. Okay, so... Well, I'd been feeling like I'd missed something, but it wasn't really what was happening. Well, I guess it kind of was. I just missed something from long ago. Do you remember the first time Greg saw one of those portals? Yeah. Well... I didn't think anything of it at the time, but I ran up to his side when it happened, and I glanced down the stairs, and I saw exactly what he described. I just didn't think anything of it because you'd already told me that this was all a hoax. So you actually saw a portal too? I guess so. So this would be the second that I'd seen. So that makes all of us. What do you mean, all of us? Well, I hadn't really wanted to share this, but... Zeb and I have both seen portals very similar to what Greg described. Really? Yeah, as far back as like two years ago. Well, Zeb's was that long ago. Wow. Yeah, he described it in a session with Dr. Bennett. It sounded exactly like Greg described. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, of course you didn't. I wanted to tell you, but Zeb said that I shouldn't. He's right here now. I'll put him on speaker. Hey, Derek. Hey, Zeb. Looks like you're one of us now. I wasn't before. <laughs> of course you were, man. You know, this has me thinking a lot about the next time Greg saw one of the portals. Oh, man. Oh, I remember that night well. I'm surprised you do. How do you mean? You just seemed really out of it. Especially with whatever happened when you went down to the basement. We never actually talked about that. What happened down there? Well, it's kind of 
of strange when I think about it. I, I mean, I remember starting off with the intention of freaking Greg out, and really playing into this hoax of errands. Yeah, and then? Well, then I feel like I kind of lost control of my body. I snuck away from the group outside, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I headed inside, and before I knew it, I was upstairs in one of your guest rooms. I could not stop laughing. Then I remember Aaron carrying me downstairs, and I wanted to get away, but I couldn't control myself. I saw my body walking down toward the basement. And then the next thing I remember, I basically woke up down there in the dark. I didn't realize that. I guess I just thought you were playing it up for the moment. Well, after it all happened, I wasn't really sure. Man, this sounds so much like what happened with Wendell. Really? Yeah, I mean, it was the strangest thing. He'd come over and hung out before, but on this occasion, he showed up without being invited. I kind of remember this. Yeah, and when I opened the door, he said he was here just to see me again, but, but I knew there was some sort of other motive going on. He showed this weird intrigue regarding me, particularly in the context of the house. And I remember him eyeing my sword, and then picking it up. And I sat here and watched as he slid the blade across his hand, drawing blood. What the fuck? He said he would stay the night, which my mom agreed to. And then the next day, he was gone. I haven't seen him to this day. Though I believe I heard from someone that he'd passed away. I'm really not sure what to make of all this. All I can say is that he seemed to have this weird relationship with me, this house, and the Wawa itself. Maybe he knew something that we don't. Maybe that's why this happened to you as it did. Fuck. Huh. Do you think it could be Wendell? Or his spirit causing some of these things? No, I don't think so. Wendell would make himself known if it was. I meant to ask, are you guys still participating in those sessions or whatever with Bennett? No, we didn't feel like it was a good idea. He gave me a bit of a bad feeling, so we decided to stop. Yeah, I get that. He seems like a bit of a strange one. Whatever. I gotta go. Uh, You guys want to hang this weekend again? I should have some time because my semester's basically over after this week. Yeah, of course. I just have a little bit of studying to do for my psych class, but... I think I can get everything done before you guys get here. And I think our parents are going to be gone again. They've been spending a lot of time out at the property. Cool. All right. I'll see you guys sometime Friday then. Cool. Talk later. Later.